Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage, Tom and Tyler. Tom, you must have liked the way that I started the last episode because you're allowing me to do it again. Well, we're going to allow you to stay in the driver's seat just a little longer and see how you go. Just don't crash and burn, okay? Even without a license. The man is a saint, people. All right. (laughs) But we've been talking about a really interesting topic this week. We've been talking about the end times. We've covered how Islam fits with the Antichrist, what the Bible says about that. Very interesting scriptures that help us to see that that maybe Catholicism and and Rome doesn't have anything to do with the end time part there. Yeah, let let me stop you on that there. I think that there's going to be a partnership. Okay. You know, I think that there'll be some people who will, yeah, we're seeing with this Pope a lot of kowtowing to Islam. Cow-towing? Well, yeah, they're just bowing down and, and uniting okay. themselves with them. Yeah. You know, it seems like they're compromising. Yeah. Areas that Islam and Christianity is really chalk and cheese. Yeah. But they are blending <laughs> this mm-hmm. terrible mixture together, and we're seeing uh, a lot of that going on. And uh, so I, I'm not going to throw them completely out of the boat. Okay. You know, in that. But when we say the Antichrist religion... The Antichrist teaching, the spirit of Antichrist, as we talked on Monday, mm-hmm. everything clearly refers to the denial of Jesus being the Messiah, being being the Christ, the deity of Christ, mm-hmm. and denying God being the Father. Islam doesn't fit those doctrines, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to be holding hands, yeah. even though they don't agree in doctrine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then we covered Islam's Messiah, and I was, I don't know about everyone else, but I never knew that the Quran was basically, I don't know if this is the correct terminology but an inverse view of what the bible says about the end times and the revelation period and that jesus is actually going to play a part there just not the part that we believe as christians that he will yeah he plays the role according to islam and according to their mindset of eschatology their mindset of future events and prophecy their mahdi will come he'll be the political leader Mm -hmm. and eventually he will destroy israel all the jews Either they'll be converted into Islam or they'll be annihilated. Yeah. Probably more annihilated than converted, okay? But the same thing with Christianity, with Christians. Their Isa, their Jesus, will come with the Mahdi. He controls the religion. And he'll tell the Christian world, hey, I'm Jesus. You need to understand, the Bible got corrupted. Islam was given to correct the corruption. And you need to accept the prophet Muhammad, you need to accept the Mahdi, you need to accept everything there, convert to the true faith, mm-hmm. or you die. Yeah. And then eventually the real Messiah will come at the end of the tribulation period. Our Jesus will return. They call him the Dajjal. Yeah. So we talked about yesterday. We're running out of time. But the Dajjal will show up, and they'll make war with him. Yeah. Okay. Now, they never say in their prophecy, in their teachings, who wins. <laughs> really, yeah, they just assume they make war with him and, and stuff, yeah. but they never say that he's conquered. Mm-hmm. But my Bible tells me is that um, the beast and the second beast is going to be annihilated by Christ and the, his saints when, when mm-hmm. we come. Yeah. And, uh, and so... Uh, I, I think it would be good for us to go ahead now and get into the book of Revelation and look at these things because, as I said when we started talking about this, Tyler, when you put the lens of Islam on your eyes, 
and look at Bible prophecy, it was like, oh wow, yeah, this is uh, this is almost unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask the direct question then: Where do you see Islam fit in the Book of Revelation? Okay, I think that there's. Um, we got to go to Revelation chapter 13 and Revelation chapter 17, and I think we're going to see some some clear things. Number one, in Revelation chapter 12, let, let me give us some some pretext here. Chapter 12 pretty much deals with the dragon, and in chapter 12 we find who the dragon is. That is the devil. That's Satan himself. Okay. Now, when we get to chapter 13, we're going to find that two cohorts, two major figures, are going to rise up. Under the power of the dragon. Yeah. Okay. And we find the first figure called the beast. In Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 10, he is going to be a political figure. Mm -hmm. Okay. He will rule the world. He will claim to be the Messiah. He'll claim to be Jesus, the the very person that we've been waiting for to return. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he will assume that role, and he'll be bringing you know, this world into peace. The Bible tells us that he'll make a seven-year peace agreement with Israel, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, I've got a theory. Maybe we've got time to throw... I I have a theory on this, and I'm going to throw this in uh, for for a moment, just to pause to, to a thought. If you ever go to Israel and you get to the Mount of Olives and you look over the, the Temple Mount, yeah, you'll see the most... You know, spectacular figure, the most iconic figure in Israel is the Dome of the Rock. Mm-hmm. That gold uh, 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 dome and, and, and stuff there. And you see Arabic writing all around it. Inside and out, it says the same thing. Um, and uh, on the outside, it says, Allah hath no son. Mm-hmm. North, south, east, and west, it keeps repeating that. It's like telling the world, telling the world that Christianity is false. Mm-hmm. That God has no son. Okay, as I said earlier on, it, it denies Jesus being the Son of God. Yeah. But uh, you've got the Alaska Mosque on the one side, but you'll find where the Eastern Gate is. Eastern Gate, the Bible tells us that when Jesus does return, he'll come through the Eastern Gate, mm-hmm. but it's closed off, it's been bricked off. Now, it was a Muslim that repaired the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, Solomon the Great in the 1300s repaired those walls, they were destroyed by Rome after 70 A.D., and, and uh, um, when they rebuilt the walls, the gate, the foundations of the eastern gate was clearly there. That's why it's still there today. Mm-hmm. But it's not where the Dome of the Rock is. People think that they're going to have to knock down the Dome of the Rock in order to build the temple. Yeah, That's not so. You look there, every thing we understand of any picture, any description of the temple in the past, it was right in front of the eastern gate. That's another 200 feet to the north. Yeah. And so I believe when the Antichrist comes, he's going to say, let's have peace. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, let me say this, why it doesn't fit Rome. Why would Rome have to make a peace agreement with Israel? They're not at war with Israel, yeah. but, the, but Islam is. Mm-hmm. The Muslims want their destruction. Everyone around them wants them, want them dead. They're Muslim. Yeah. So he's going to come and say, let's have peace. Let's let the Jews build their mo- their temple. It's, and we know it has to be rebuilt because later, halfway through, he's going to uh, do the abomination of desolation. He's going to uh, 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 do something that is uh, an abomination in the in temple. The temple. We don't know exactly what that, that is. Yeah. We think we know. 
because the same thing was done under the Greeks when they came in and and so on there. But we, we won't get into that. So the temple has to be rebuilt. So I believe he's going to make a declaration. Let's have peace. And let's th- let the Jews build their temple right in front of the eastern gate. So the Muslims have their place. And now the Jews will have their place. And, uh, and let's let the Christians up there. They're all the Abrahamic faiths. Mm-hmm. And so, and there's plenty of room. Another 200 feet, 400 feet, you can go and build another um, uh, big, beautiful cathedral for Christianity. And I believe you'll have all these three faiths operating for the first three and a half years. Now, I was under the um, this, is, this is where I'm getting confused because <clears throat> I was under the impression that that eventually there's they're going to be there's going to be one money, one language, one religion. Mm-hmm. And so why, how could we have all these different things? Why would we have all these different things if there's going to be one religion? Well, they'll be operating under a false notion that they're operating in peace. And, you know, and that's kind of the objective. The objective of the ecumenical movement and the interfaith movement is to ultimately blend all these faiths together. Mm-hmm. But you got to get them cooperating together to start off with. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to see a little bit of that happening now. This is supposition on my part. I understand. Let's get into what we know. Okay. Okay. So let's. What do we know is what the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we find in Revelation chapter thirteen there are two people that come along. One is called the beast, and the other is called the second beast. Mm-hmm. Okay. We call the second beast the false prophet. All right. And that's another term that the Bible gives him. But we call the first beast. The Antichrist. Yeah. The Bible doesn't call him that. I tried to make that very clear on the first day when we were talking about this, Tyler. We call him the Antichrist. I don't know why exactly, where we started doing that. I don't know where historically the we, we did it. The religious one you're talking about. You don't know why we call him the Antichrist. Uh, no, no. The, the first beast. We call him the Antichrist. Oh, the political. The political leader. Okay. I don't know why we started calling him Antichrist. Okay. okay, the Bible doesn't do that. They call him the wicked one, the man of sin, the man of perdition, the evil one, the beast. Yeah. Okay, and we're told verse in these first ten verses what he's going to do. He's going to be a, an imposter. He's going to claim to be the Messiah, but he's not. Okay, mm-hmm. and he's going to blaspheme God eventually. All right, he's empowered. We're told in verse four he's going to empower. He's empowered by the dragon. And he worships the dragon. Now, I don't think he believes and recognizes that he is the devil himself uh, that he's worshiping. Mm-hmm. Like Islam, Muslims, they don't be- understand and believe they're worshiping a false god. But if they're not worshiping the true god of heaven and earth, the god of Abraham and, and the god of Isaac and Jacob, they're worshiping a false god, and who would that be? The devil. Yeah. And so he's empowered by him, and he and he, and they'll demand that all will worship him. Him being the 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 Mati, start worshiping him. Now this is where my detractors come in because they say, now how could this be uh, be Islam? Because Islam doesn't tolerate any worship of a man. Yeah. Okay. They only you know, allow worship to God. And clearly the Antichrist is going to accept worship himself. Even the false prophet is going to tell the world to worship mm-hmm. the the Mahdi or uh, worship the, the, the beast. And, uh, and then my response to that is, it may be true that you think Islam teaches that they can't worship a man and worship idols. 
but they actually practice idolatry. They do it in Mecca. They do it every year. I'll get to that. Not not today. We'll probably cover that tomorrow. But they uh, uh, they also change rules. Mm-hmm. They've done it many times in their faith. Even Muhammad did that. Uh, Allah told you one thing. Now I'm going to tell you something different. Mm-hmm. So it may have been the rule. You're not allowed to worship Muhammad as the as the prophet. Now you can. I believe that the Mahdi, when he comes, will probably personify himself as Muhammad. And then he'll be able to tell him, God has now told me, you're to worship me. Through worshiping me, you worship God. I'm going to ask a question here. And, it's, it, you know, hopefully it's not a dumb one. But you see all through the Bible, there's different times where God raises up an enemy against Israel or whatever the case may be. So Islam is not just another enemy that God's going to use for a short period of time, in your opinion, because of the things that have happened in the world. You believe Islam is essentially the devil's crew, so to speak. I believe it's a religion of the devil. It's been evil from its beginning. It's evil in its practice, through its history, and destruction of Christians and Jews, and the destruction of anything outside of Islam. It's a vicious religion. The the key ingredient about Islam is fear. Mm-hmm. If you have no fear, Islam will not operate. It creates fear of those outside of Islam. You know, you convert or we kill you, you know, so there's fear. And those who are in Islam live in fear as well. We're going to have to stop there. Tomorrow, when we come back, Tyler, I, I want to get deeper into the, the first beast, second beast. Mm-hmm. Then I want to get to the great whore. The great whore is very important because that really shows me, I think, more identity about Islam and now some people take the great whore and says that shows us the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we'll get into that in tomorrow's broadcast. So join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.